host, JT the Brick, on CBS Sports Radio. Back in the jungle, JT with you, thrilled to be here on a great day ahead of Radio Row in Vegas, where I just flew in, into the Pineapple Express of Southern California, three-hour delay as it was pouring, and now after the show, I'll fly back to Sin City, into the Pineapple Express as it landed there, all to be here in the jungle. What an invitation. What a great day to be here on a Friday, thanks to the entire team the XR4TI, thanks to Craig, thanks to Jim, thanks to everybody who puts me in this seat from time to time. As the original inaugural winner of the Smack-Off, it is always an honor to be in this seat. It means a lot to me, and it's thrilling, and I'm excited because it's a week out from the Super Bowl in my town in Vegas where I've lived pretty much the entire time. Just for a little bit of San Diego when I won the smack off and a little bit in L.A. in the Bay Area. But Vegas is my home and we are hosting the Super Bowl, which is mind-blowing if you think about Vegas and what Vegas has done coming off F1. The Raiders being there and the excitement of the Super Bowl, which we're going to knock it out of the park in Vegas. Maybe a little bit of rain in the first couple of days of the week at Radio Row. I know Jim's got a big setup. You're going to be blown away by the way that looks coming up here. And I'll be there double dipping, doing two shows all week from Radio Row. I'm excited about it. So let's get right to the show. Whenever I come in here, normally there's news breaking. Rich Paul is squashing the rumor that LeBron is going to get traded. And how did that look look last night? That felt a lot like load management to me. (laughs) That felt a lot like load management to me as AD and LeBron limped into Boston and didn't play. And then the next thing you know, the Lakers are on fire. So that is real bizarre here in the Southland today. The message that the young guns of the Lakers sent to LeBron and AD as they sat out and the message that AD and LeBron sent to their head coach. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. But the main reason I'm here today is to tell you that I am in disgust of the Super Bowl being in Vegas with the Chiefs. That's really the show. That's the show. If you don't get the show, you don't get the show. I live in Vegas. I worked for the Raider Nation for 25 years. And we are in absolute disgust that the Kansas City Chiefs are coming into our building, our facility, our stadium, with the opportunity to become a legacy. So let's begin the show on the definition of a legacy. It is a disgusting act. Now, what's the definition of a legacy? Three. You have to have three to be a legacy. There's no back-to-back. No, no back-to-back. The Pistons won back-to-back, 89-90. They weren't a dynasty. You have to win three. The perfect dynasty is three in a row. If you win three in a row, you're a dynasty. If you win three out of four, you're a dynasty. Three out of five which is what Kansas City's trying to do. Yeah, the Spurs, you can find other teams that did it. The Patriots Patriots along the way. The Patriots didn't win three in a row, but they've won enough to be a dynasty. The Yankees with Derek Jeter, recent baseball dynasty. If you want to say the San Francisco Giants, three out of five, in in my book that is. Three out of five is about the max you can go here. So Kansas City is coming to Las Vegas with Taylor Swift, the Swifties, Mama Kelsey, anybody who can get in there, Mahomes' brother, what about that guy? Mrs. Mahomes, who does the shoulder roll in the suite and all of that. And I speak for the entire Raider Nation. This has to be stopped at all costs. So the problem is I don't root for the Niners. 
and most Raider fans hate the Niners actually more than the Chiefs. Let that sink in for a second. If you're an Oakland Raider fan, you hate the 49ers almost as much as the Chiefs because the Chiefs have sucked your whole life. Between Len Dawson smoking a dart at halftime all the way to Mahomes' first one, that was 50 years. So Kansas City was like the Clippers for 50 years. They didn't do anything. Now Kansas City's on the verge of a dynasty. So for a Raider fan who wants to jump in and take advantage of this seat today, it's a great topic for you because I've talked to Raider fans up and down the dial and on Sirius XM and my show, and they're, they're freaking out. I know, I know Raider fans won't even watch the game. It's that bad. So here's what I always say about a team that is not your team. If you're not a Chiefs fan, and the Chiefs fans who are watching today and listening, we greatly appreciate you. Root for the Chiefs. They're your team. What they're doing is special. They are a great organization, top to bottom, and they have a good chance to win again. This is for everybody who's not a Chiefs fan. We must all band together around planet Earth and root against Kansas City at all costs because they're not our team. We don't want them to be a dynasty. This show is not a show of the bandwagon. I mean, Jim, myself, we've been killing bandwagons for decades. So all of us should be united around the globe like Marvel Comics and a legion to stop Kansas City because I'm repulsed by it. I don't hate anything in life. Used to hate the Red Sox, used to hate the Eagles. But the older I got, I got rid of hate and just now I have disgust. And I thoroughly disgust. I'm disgusted by the Kansas City Chiefs. So are you with me today over the next two hours and 50 minutes? If you want to get in and always get into the show, 800-636-8686. One of the topics today will be, how in God's name would you root for this team? Now, I don't do a lot of Taylor Swift. I'm more of a hardcore sports talk host. I'm not a bit guy. I like to talk sports. Don't arrest me on Twitter. I'm one of the last sports guys left. But I will tell you this. The Taylor Swift thing is real. She's moved millions of people to the NFL. Not hundreds of thousands. Millions. Millions of people are coming to the NFL. I won't say they've never watched. But now they're watching exclusively the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm in a casino in Vegas last weekend for the AFC and the NFC Championship game with a couple of my buddies. And I said, watch this. They go, what are you talking about? I go, just watch this. They're going to go to commercial. Kansas City, Baltimore. They go to commercial. Three out of the five commercials were Kansas City Chiefs. One was Andy Reid putting his fingers in your food. The other one was a Mahomes foot long. And then there were a Kelsey, one of the five Kelsey commercials that are running now. So I believe this, and this is not a bit. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. I don't like conspiracy theories. It really offends a lot of people. But what I've been saying for months has turned out to be true. A round of applause for me, who nailed this before anybody. And here's the take on this. America's team is the Dallas Cowboys for most of your life. The Dallas Cowboys were America's team because of NFL films, a quarterback by the name of Roger Staubach. They had the hole in Texas Stadium so God could look down into it. So they became America's team, and then it stuck. And then they won all those Super Bowls, not only with Roger Staubach, with the triplets with Troy Aikman Emmett, obviously, and our friend Michael Irvin. So they became America's team. The NFL does not want the Cowboys to be America's team anymore because they don't win. So follow me. They don't win anymore, which is shocking. This year, I actually picked them to win the Super Bowl. I love their team. I love their roster this year. I picked before the season starts. I've gotten a few right over my career, but this one, I just love Dallas's lines. I love their secondary. Dak played pretty well for most of the year. 
you know, Micah Parsons, their secondary, really good. So I believe there's been an effort led by the NFL and NFL marketing to replace the Dallas Cowboys with the Kansas City Chiefs as America's team. Now follow me. Kansas City's in the heartland, the Midwest. They have a popular quarterback who's going to be great for another 15 years. They have Travis Kelsey. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait, the Swifties came in. Swifties came in? What are, you, what are you talking about? She couldn't have dated Gronk? She couldn't have dated you know, some other linebacker? She couldn't have dated a quarterback? Like most Swifties would say, quarterback. I've heard of a quarterback. I've never heard of what a tight end is. So you add that into all of this, and it is the perfect storm. Just like the one I flew into yesterday in Southern California, the Pineapple Express. The Arctic Blast that held me up three hours on Southwest. Thank you. So this is one of the most repulsive, perfect storms I've ever seen in sports history. I don't hate it. I despise the Chiefs with or without the Swifties. I married a Swiftie. My wife is a Swiftie. She watches the live stream of all the concerts. I get up in the middle of the night. What was that? And I look up on my big screen in the bedroom. There's a Swiftie concert going on. So I have no problem with that. I've seen 54 Rush concerts. But I'll tell you this. I'm looking at this. And we, the Raider Nation, which I'm a part of, Black Hole, we got to put up with this nonsense. So as I begin this epic voyage in the jungle, this is a big one. I'm going to hear the Friday before what's going to happen on Radio Row. I'm telling you this. As I look into the camera, we have got to stop Kansas City from winning this Super Bowl. Whatever it takes, I'm calling on the refs. I'm talking about mystery flags coming in because they get a lot of the flags. And let's take down Kansas City together. Now, if you're in Kansas City or a Chief fan, I tip my cap to you. I tip my cap. Great run. If you win, I'll tip my cap. I have a lot of respect for the team. But I'm just repulsed. They're practicing at the Raider facility in the glorious Henderson Area of Nevada, they're in our stadium. I'm a season ticket holder for the Raiders. They're in our stadium. And their bandwagon is building at a faster pace than the Patriot bandwagon, who no one knew the Patriots also 20 years ago, until Belichick came along with Brady. And they built the bandwagon with bandwagon fans, not from New England, but from Southern California and all around the country who didn't have a team and they wanted to jump on with Tom Brady. This is far worse This has a storm of the Swifties, marketing on Madison Avenue with television commercials. Everything is flowing in the direction of Kansas City. You know I'm right. I just said it. We got to take them out. So root against them, bet against them. I mean, look, if I was a Kansas City fan, I'd pound the money line on Mahomes all day. I'd take out a mortgage and bet on Kansas City if I was a Chief fan. But because you're getting money with Mahomes, that's incredible to see. So I wanted to open up the show with that. I am, uh, I, I'll be the guy. I'll be the anti-chief guy. And if I go down, I'll die on that hill, man. You want to talk about what hill would you die on? I wouldn't die for many, but I'd die on this. And I'm not a Niner fan. There's no way I'm rooting for the Niners. So what am I going to do? I don't know. I'm going to watch the game. It's my job. I'm going to have fun in Vegas. But this is really uncomfortable. The only other Super Bowl that was more uncomfortable for me was the Nick Foles Patriot one because I don't like the Eagles either growing up in New York, and I didn't want the Eagles to win. They had one since Chuck Bednarik in 1960 when Dwight Eisenhower was president. So I didn't mind them winning one, and they stopped Brady. Think about this. Brady's lost three Super Bowls, two to Eli Manning and one to Nick Foles. If he didn't lose those three, he'd have ten. 
You got that? You have 10. That's why Eli Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He stopped Brady from having nine, as I digress. All right, I want to move on to Belichick, which to me is fascinating. Bill Belichick has been humbled at a level that I've never seen before in sports, as in never. I have never seen a coach in any sport humbled the way that Bill Belichick was humbled this week. By Belichick not getting a job, it opened up the floodgates for ignorant fans, some fans uneducated, to say that Belichick is no good, Belichick can't win, Belichick can't win without Brady. I mean, some of the stupidest responses I've ever seen on Twitter at JT the Brick has come through the Belichick tree. Now, we're going to forget all about Belichick. Let me remind you, Belichick is the reason for Brady. He could have cut him in camp. He didn't have to put him in when Bledsoe was healthy and came back. The tuck rule, I digress. But Belichick came before Brady. Belichick gave Brady life. Belichick coached the defense and the entire team when Brady just played offense. Belichick did special teams, defense, the whole game plan. And now people think that Bill Belichick's irrelevant. Listen to this cast of characters who got hired. I mean, buckle up your seatbelt when you see this. If I would have told you a month ago that Belichick wasn't going to get a job for these guys, Dan Quinn. Buckle up. The last time we saw Dan Quinn, his team melted down. Cowboys defense was the worst they ever wore. But I'm good with Dan Quinn. I thought he'd get the Seahawks job. Michael McDonald from the Doobie Brothers. Michael McDonald. Little Mike. Little Mikey's going to the Seahawks. No one's ever heard of him. Raise your hand. No one's ever heard of him. If I put up his picture here, you wouldn't recognize him. You can throw him in the back of the XR4TI. You wouldn't know he was there. Michael McDonald. Really? Over Bill Belichick. Raheem Morris. I'm good with that. Raheem's a good guy, good coach. Dave Canales of the Panthers. Best-selling author. Best-selling author, Dave Canales. I wrote the book, The Handoff, about my mentor, Andrew Ashwood, who had a big impact on Jim's life and my life, The Handoff. You can get that and find out what Dave Canales wrote. Just go Google that. Just go Google that for a while and take the kids out of the room. Go look at that, what Dave Canales and his wife authored. And he got a job over Belichick. Jim Harbaugh, we'll get to that. Great hire for the Chargers. They did it. Scott Kaplan's going to join us at the bottom of the hour here in L.A., big radio guy. We'll talk to him about this. Brian Callahan got the Titans job. Where's Mike Vrabel? Excuse me? Where's Mike Vrabel? Oh, Brian Callahan got the job. I know Brian decently. Good man. His dad was a good coach in the league, still is. Antonio Pierce, who earned that job, would not never have gotten the job, never be a head coach this quick. But he took over for Josh McDaniels. The Raiders had cigar parties. You saw in the locker room, started winning games. He earned that job. That was a lock. Antonio Pierce was going to get it. And Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo over Bill Belichick. Well, I knew they had to move on from Belichick with the Patriots. So back to this story. He's been humbled. Do you believe that they do this to Phil Jackson? Phil coached Shaq and Kobe. Kobe, rest in peace, the four-year anniversary of his passing so sad and then Michael and Scotty do you see that Greg Popovich is running the Spurs into the bleeping ground he the the Spurs are such an embarrassment that Pop gets to keep his job the only thing that Pop should get going forward is a statue 
outside the Hall of Fame of load management. When you go to the load management Hall of Fame, there's a statue up in front. That's Pop. He gets to keep his job, but Belichick can't. And Belichick doesn't get in the hiring process. You name me anything more humbling. I talked about this in the past. The only thing I was close to this was Bruce Bochy after winning three World Series and my Yankees didn't give him a call. No one called Bruce Bochy. Really? No one called Bruce Bochy. He was sitting there drinking Cabernet, got a big wine collection. No one called Boch. So I think I've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen anything like this before in my 27 years on the radio. The humbling of Bill Belichick. And it's a dicey topic because people go down into the stupid trough and they start telling you how bad Belichick was when he wasn't. Bill Belichick is the greatest football coach of all time. He has eight Super Bowl rings. He has lapped everybody, and all he has to do is win a few more games to pass Don Shula, which is automatic, but it should have been in this cycle. So I thought he should have got the commander's job, but maybe he wanted too much power. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. That is the monologue. As we begin my day here in the jungle, the goal is to get out of here, fly back to Vegas through the Pineapple Express, and gear up for what will be just a fantastic week on Radio Row. Excited to talk to you, 800-636-8686, Rome at haveatake.com, at JT the Brick, back in the jungle where I belong on CBS Sports Network. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. JT back with you in the jungle. Great to be back with the crew. Good to see everybody. I was here last August, this past August, for a bunch of shows in the summer. Always appreciate coming back here. And I think this is a big time. I I treated Super Bowl preview, Chiefs and the 49ers, as I went in and crushed the Chiefs to open up the show. Nothing against the Chiefs. They're a great team. We just don't want them in Vegas. They're in Vegas. Uh, The Niners are an empire. Uh, This is Brock Purdy. Shocking. Shocking that they haven't played well. They didn't play well against Green Bay. Green Bay had them dead. Green Bay had them done. They folded in the fourth quarter. And then we just saw what the Niners did last week in a game where they're down 24-7. to And then Dan Campbell goes over to the Niners locker room at halftime and gives them the game. Just knocks on the door. Kyle's speaking to the team. Dan Campbell comes in and gives him the game in an envelope and says, go to the Super Bowl. I can't manage the game. I don't know how to manage the game. I'm going to be a riverboat gambler when I could go up two scores with the first field goal, tie the game with the second one, and play for overtime. No. So Dan Campbell blew that game. Don't tell me he didn't. He's a great coach. Don't want to fire him. Not going to fire him. Just telling you that he lost about a third of the Lion fans that he had in the palm of his hand. I'd like to put the ladies up first. We got a chance to do that. A gentleman. Karen in Melville, New York. Start us off in the jungle. Hello, Karen. Hey, JT. First, I got to say, I'm so glad you're back. We missed you. You look fabulous. Uh, We need to see more of you on this show. Appreciate you. Um, Anyway, I just have to let you know, I am so sick of the Swifties. Who cares about them? We have to root against the Chiefs. Just got to get all this nonsense, make it go away. In terms of increasing ratings to the NFL, you know, I have to disagree with you. I just don't see it. Sure, more people are watching, but the same number of sets are tuned in. Advertisers need to focus on their core. I hope to God they don't pander to this new dynamic. It's a fad. It's not real. I can't wait till this fairy tale crashes and burns. 
We need to focus back on what matters, the talent, the players, and the, the game. Let's go Niners. Come on. Thank you, Karen. Now, thank you, Karen. Appreciate the call. Thank you from Melville, near my old stomping grounds. What's interesting about that is the New York Times did the story and they're only average, what she's only averaging 29 seconds a game on camera. Well, you know, they put her on camera for three or four seconds, probably four or five times a game. That happens. That's the math. It's not the end of the world. It, look, it even looks like she's getting frustrated with it. And she's saying, come on, you know, she's upset about it. She's not. That's fake. She loves it. I'm just talking about the knuckleheads. Can you imagine being on your business card? It says sports writer. Okay, you have a, everyone have a business card. We used to have that back in the day. Now you can zap your card on your phone. Imagine on your business card, it says sports writer or journalist. And you're writing columns about her flying from Japan to make it on time for the game. Hand in your sports writer card, you frauds. You're writing columns about how she's going to add time coming back, make it to the game after her concert. These are sports writers who are doing this around America. Wow. No wonder journalism is going in the tank. Just incredible to me. This has has nothing. It has everything to do with the fact that Kansas City is benefiting from this. That's all I'm saying. We're not anti-Taylor Swift or anti-anybody. We're just telling you that the Kansas City Chiefs are benefiting from this tsunami of publicity and their brand. The jackets, the T-shirts that are being sold mean something to Mr. Hunt, who owns the team. And the wealth, the generational wealth that Travis Kelsey is now building on jersey sales and television commercials. I think someone said he makes $14 million and he made $20 million with just one commercial. So he's almost tripling his salary with all of his commercials than what he's making. That's good for him. He's a hell of a player. The first half that he played in Baltimore was one of the greatest halves I've ever seen a tight end ever play in any game. You can go back to Kellen Winslow, Dave Casper, Mike Ditka, all the greats. Gronk, that was the best half of football I saw. I have a Ph.D., in how to stop Travis Kelsey. A PhD. Because I've seen him tear up the Raiders from the field level. I tell everybody, put your hands on him. you got to jack him up at the line of scrimmage. you got to hit him hard with your best linebacker. Don't worry about your linebacker lining up in the middle to stop Pacheco. No. Line up your linebacker in front of Kelsey and smack him in the, smack him in the chest. And then have a safety over the top on him. And you'll take Kelsey out of the game. No one does it. He ran free like a doe in the forest. In Baltimore, one of the toughest defenses I've ever seen, just basically said, come on, Travis, go run in the middle of the field. We're not going to guard you? Seriously? That's what happened in Baltimore. The toughest defense that I've seen said to Kelsey, we want no part of you. Raiders beat him on Christmas Day in Kansas City. Antonio Pierce, a linebacker, followed the rule of playing physical with the Chiefs. And the Niners got great linebackers. I'm telling you, those Niner linebackers, Greenlaw and Warner, they're going to come after Kelsey. That's going to be a cool chess match to watch. And we'll get into the game here in a little bit as we continue. Female radio in the jungle. Lisa is in Kansas City. Oh, this should be good. Here come the Chiefs. What's up, Lisa? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Oh, no, you don't have to listen to your boyfriend or husband give you the call. You can hand the phone to him if you'd like to, Lisa, or you can finish the call. it doesn't work that way. I'm just saying, when I first called, I said, how about them Chiefs? You got that flag underneath your stadium, and you got all quiet. So, like I said, I agree with you with the Swifty thing. I I ain't in on the advertising. NFL's publicly doing that. But Mm -hmm. 
for somebody to hate the Chiefs so much, it's unbelievable. Well, we're Raider Nation. I'm representing the nation. We're Raider Nation. You don't expect I us to like you, do you? Do you want me to have a Raiders rally for the Chiefs outside Allegiant Stadium? I lose my job, Lisa. <laughs> but you're on the Swifties kick, too. You're talking about journalism and have to give it up the rope because you happen to write about the Swifties. You're talking about it. You're whining about it, I am talking it about it. I, I, I have spent, and I appreciate the call. Thank you. I have spent the first 29 minutes and 47 seconds. She is right. I'm not going to deny that. She is right. I, I'm, I'm giving a little bit more Swifty coverage because I don't want a border war with the Swifties. You know, in the past... Some of the clones have tried to get into the studio, right? Remember those iconic moments in smack-off history where the clones try to invade? I don't want any of that with the Swifties. I like the Swifties. Again, I married a Swiftie. I'm good. Don't want don't to brawl with the Swifties. I'm good with that. I just like to see the Chiefs. Are there any other radio hosts left that root against teams? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? Is there anybody left like me who despises teams and has teams I root for? Let me say this again as I look into the camera. I don't root for your team. I root against your teams. I root for my teams. So if you get Kansas City and the Niners, I'm going to be on edge with that. Chris in Des Moines, Iowa is in the jungle on a beautiful Friday. Hello, Chris. Love you. Uh, Been listening over 15 years to you, sir. Thank you. Go Raiders. Raider Nation here in Iowa. Nice. Tough, uh... Tough seeing all this Chiefs crap everywhere up here in Iowa. Uh, but we do got Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl, uh, Iowa State yeah. boy. Yeah, that's, that's a, why that's I'm a going nice for bet. the Niners. You betting on the Niners? You going to bet on the game? Yeah, we got the Niners. Okay. Um, and, I, you know, this Taylor Swift thing, just quick thing here. Uh, you know, they're, they're just trying to chase the Raiders and being worldwide. That's why we went to Vegas. Even more fans worldwide coming in to be new Raider fans. They're just trying to catch some of these young kids on their way up with this Swifty stuff. Yeah, I mean, appreciate the call. Thanks, my friend. The, you know, Brock Purdy being from there, playing there. The Brock Purdy story is incredible. I mean, it took me a while, a long time to start to respect what he could do. What he did with his legs running in that last game in the NFC Championship game was more impressive than Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I'm talking running. Running the football, the way he ran with courage late in that game, running downhill, diving for first downs, that was an element I haven't seen before. We're going to talk about that with Damon Bruce, the maven of Bay Area Sports Talk. Big podcast. Damon Bruce is going to light this place up for the Niners coming up here. So as much as I'm going after the Chiefs, Damon will come in and he'll get into the 49ers. Also, Nate Taylor, who covers the Chiefs from The Athletic. A little bit later on in the show. Great to be in Southern California on CBS Sports Radio and the simulcast here. Now it's time to get to the... Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show with guest host JT The Brick on CBS Sports Radio. JT, back in the jungle, it's time to ask the pros. Were you the clones? Good to ask me a question. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to CBS Sports Radio. 
Facebook.com slash Ask the Pros and submit your question. Be listening later in the show. I might answer the question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Jim Harbaugh introduced in Los Angeles as the head coach of the Chargers. Scott Kaplan joins me. Big radio host from San Diego all the way to L.A. and more. Cap, your studio looks fantastic. How are you, my friend? (laughs) Hey, man, uh, it's hard times, JT. That's why I'm wearing my Dusty Rhodes T-shirt today. Hard times, Daddy. You You don't know about hard times. I love it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Good to see you, buddy. Tell me about Harbaugh. It's not, I won't say goofy, but... Interesting press conference, going to drive out in the trailer, Winnebago. I don't know if they're loaded up. They got a cap issue there. Who's he going to bring in as his coaching staff? Did it move the needle in L.A. at all? You know, it's so interesting. Um, The day that it actually happened, I'm on the air at 710 in Los Angeles broadcasting from downtown L.A., and my longtime radio partner, George Sedano, and I, Um, We jumped into the Harbaugh story because George knows I'm a huge Jim Harbaugh fan. I go Mm -hmm. way back with Jim Harbaugh to when his head coaching career started at the University of San Diego. I go way back with the Harbaugh family when his father, Jack, was one of my college coaches at the University of Pittsburgh. So I'm a huge Jim Harbaugh fan. But when the Chargers moved from San Diego to L.A., that was it. I washed my hands of the Chargers. So it's a big conflict. I love the coach. I'm not a fan of the organization anymore. Did it move the needle? We talked about it. George harassed me over it. And then guess what? You know what you do in L.A.? You go right back to talking about the Lakers. Yeah, Scott Kaplan's our guest. But this has got to be big in a a lot of ways because not just the national championship, the success, going to the Super Bowl with the 49ers. If this doesn't move the needle— In L.A. with the Chargers, nothing can. Justin Herbert, who I think is elite, I've seen him play some epic games in Vegas. He's got arm talent like Elway. Then you bring in Harbaugh. They're going to have to figure out Bosa or Mac, Derwin James, who they're going to keep here. But do you think they get off and running, or do you think it's going to be a little bit shaky for the first year or two? Well, there's an expectation that when you hire Jim Harbaugh, because of the success that he had with the 49ers, the way he then rebuilt the Michigan program and him leaving on this high note of a national championship, there is an expectation that Jim Harbaugh, who is a superstar, and again, back to your phrase, moving the needle in L.A., Jim Harbaugh is a big superstar name. He's not Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, Brandon Staley, first-time head coaches that are inexpensive and controllable personalities. He's a superstar. He's a a 15-plus-million-dollar-a-year head coach. Jim Harbaugh is expected to immediately win and immediately challenge in Los Angeles for eyeballs, for advertising dollars, for sweet sales. Because I'm telling you right now, JT, true story. Uh, The Rams were playing the Browns, and I was standing on the field before the game with an executive from the Rams. We were watching the Patriots and the Chargers on on the Jumbotron, and this executive said to me, I hope the Chargers lose today because they're supposed to fire Staley if they lose. They didn't. They actually won that game. His point was, is that the Rams are moving up on the L.A. sports scene, Mm -hmm. and the Chargers are continuing to move down on the L.A. sports scene. But now that Harbaugh has arrived, even with the Rams having won a Super Bowl, and even with the Rams having exceeded expectations this year, all of a sudden, Jim Harbaugh starts to balance that scale in the L.A. marketplace for eyeballs, ad dollars, sweet sales, etc., 
in that competition against the Rams. Sports talk host Scott Kaplan, great friend to the jungle, joins me. What I find interesting is Sean Payton took the Denver job. He should have took the Charger job. I think with the quarterback, he had to basically gut Russell Wilson up there, move on. I think Denver's in a really bad spot. They don't have a good roster. They don't. Every, everyone picks them every year to miraculously make the playoffs. They don't. They've lost eight to the Raiders in a row. Think of that. In a row, Sean Payton's Insane. looking at that Insane. team. There's no one coming in there. He doesn't have a quarterback. Jared Stidham. And then I look at Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh's going to do well. I've always thought, one of the years, Cap, the Chargers are going to have everyone healthy. They're never healthy. Mike Williams never plays with Keenan Allen. Derwin James is always hurt. Austin Eckler's banged up a bit. So Harbaugh's got to hope that he could get all these guys healthy, keep the best of the players he has, draft well, which I think they will, and then get into this fight in the division with the Raiders and Denver and chase down Kansas City. I think it's a great uh, hire for them, but I want to ask you, because you're an expert on this, how did Dean Spanos finally pull this off? The guy who never pays for a coach, fired Marty Schottenheimer at 14-2. and two. What light bulb went off in his head where he finally said, you know, load up the Brinks truck, we're going to do this deal? Complete, total, and utter desperation. <laughs> and sometimes in life, seriously, in life, just like in business, when you get to a desperation moment, you finally have to just, uh, you have to change what you're doing. Dean Spanos, for all of these years, uh, left San Diego because he wanted to make his franchise worth more. Well, guess what, JT? The Chargers are worth more today than they were in 2016 when they were in San Diego. In fact, you know what? According to Forbes, their value has doubled. But think about this. When the Rams moved from St. Louis to L.A., they went from like the 28th most valuable franchise in the league to number three. The Chargers went from like number 26 to about 24. Don't quote me exactly mm -hmm. 100%. My point is, is that the Rams moved up dramatically. The Chargers value while doubling has not moved them up the Forbes list dramatically. So here's what Dean Spanos finally realized. We are in a city, Los Angeles, where we're a tiny, tiny fish in an absolutely massive ocean. Yes. In San Diego, they were a whale in a fishbowl. Okay, so now... You've got to deal with the Lakers, and the Lakers have LeBron James. And you got to deal with the Dodgers, and they just went out and got Shohei Otani. And you've got to deal with the Rams, and the Rams have a Super Bowl championship, and they far exceeded expectations this year. And by the way, you're the renter inside of their stadium. Finally, Dean Spanos and his family have come to the realization that you have to spend real money if you are going to, A, have a chance to win, and B, have a chance to compete for the eyeballs and the attention of the L.A. sports market. JT, it is pure desperation that led the Chargers to spend this kind of money on Jim Harbaugh. And by the way, for me, I'm, I'm generally regarded as the president of the Charger Hater Club. Yes. I'll tell you this right now. I take my hat off to the Chargers. I applaud what they've done because they have made themselves finally nationally and more importantly locally, they've made themselves relevant. Wrap it up with Scott Kaplan. One more on that. I just got to get to the Chiefs and the Niners. You know, I'm in Vegas. I see a lot out in Vegas. It's killing Raider Nation that the Chiefs are playing in our building. The Niners, just give me a quick analysis of the game. Who you think is going to win? Kansas City getting points. Wow, with Mahomes in the prime of his career as Kansas City tries to cement the dynasty. Patrick Mahomes this past week has become – an even greater hero 
to people who love his game. He's fast. He can make all the crazy throws. He's tough. He can run guys over. He can absorb hits. But to see him in the locker room with the dad bod going (laughs) after I watch quarterbacks on Netflix and I see him get done with practice and go to the gym that he built, work out with his trainer. This is on his own time. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has become that much more of a superstar. I heard you earlier talking about all the Taylor Swift talk. To me, you cannot bet against the Chiefs until somebody knocks them off. I feel the same way about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that I used to feel about Tom Brady and the Patriots. When I see somebody beat them, that's when I'll stop believing in them. What I saw, that Kansas City defense due to Lamar Jackson. Granted, they did not run the football. But Lamar Jackson is a way faster and way more elusive runner than Brock Purdy. And give Brock Purdy credit, man. I mean, he made a lot of plays in the second half of that game against Detroit with his feet. But if Kansas City's defense can do that to Lamar Jackson, I think they'll be able to do that to Brock Purdy. I mean, listen, it's Friday, and we got a week to go before the Super Bowl. I'll tell you right now, i got to take the Chiefs. A lot of people are going to do that. Man, the studio looks sharp. Nice job by you there, man. This is going all over the CBS. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm having a great day because you know what? Here in Southern California, JT, an hour ago, it was pouring rain like you've never seen before. Now, all of a sudden, it's sunny. I look like I got a a lot of nice light in here. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like I look good on TV. I'm actually watching myself on TV while I'm talking to you. That's why we had you on here in the first hour. Cap, I'll see you in Vegas. I'll see you in Southern California. Thanks for being a great friend to the jungle and coming on. Always, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate Jim Rome. Appreciate the entire team. Peace out, everybody. There he is, Scott Kaplan. Really good radio host. Big slot in L.A. Uh, That's great analysis. Fantastic on Dean Spanos. Finally, Dean Spanos paid someone. Finally. I respect what the Chargers did, and I'm a fan of Harbaugh. He could have been in the line for the Raiders if Antonio Pierce didn't coach well. He deserves it. Harbaugh could have went anywhere he wanted. He really seemed like he was all in on L.A. Now we'll see what the Chargers can do. Chris in West Oakland before the top of the hour. Fire away, Chris. Chris, you're up next. Hey, great interview with Kaplan. I agree. Number one, you were right about that press conference. It was odd, but let's be honest. Harbaugh is an odd, quirky dude, but no matter what you can say about him, the guy can flat-out coach. And what worries me, I heard your question to Kaplan, I fully expect them to turn them around in one year. Everywhere Harbaugh has gone his first year there, in most cases he's doubled the previous year's win total, and, and, and they, they improve immediately. Not, it, it's not a – and you've got justice. That's what worries me about the Raiders. They need to get their ass in gear. We're in a division with Andy Reid and Mahomes, Harbaugh and Herbert. Don't know what Denver's going to do, but they got Sean Payton. Raiders need to figure out the quarterback position to be able to go out and compete with these guys. But let me get to what we were, I really called about the Super Bowl. I know this is like a nightmare for you, JT. Uh, it started out of a dream. You know, you, you got the Super Bowl in your home city. You get the host. I know how you, I know how you like to party and take all your friends around to all the hot spots, and there's nobody better than you. But what worse than a sea of red? It's like, okay, the Super Bowl's in Vegas. Then you wake up and, <laughs> damn, I got to deal with the 49ers and the Chiefs fans. And what I told you over and over, and I'm going to give you my prediction a week early since you're only hosting the jungle today, is I, I despise the Kansas City Chiefs with a passion, even more so the 49er fan base. Rooting for the Chiefs and picking the Chiefs because, as I've said on a million occasions, I don't have to live with the Kansas City Chiefs fans. My cousin lives in Springfield, Missouri. I visit them quite often. Good people, knowledgeable football fans, nothing like the bang-bang Niner game, flag-waving 49er fans 
the 90% of them couldn't tell you the coach before Bill Walsh and the quarterback before Joe Montana. The only less knowledgeable and more irritating fan base in all the professional sports is probably the San Francisco Giants fans. Notice the theme here? So anyway, now that I got that off my chest, let's talk about the game itself. Quick. I'm with Kaplan 1,000% JT. I will never, ever root, uh, root, not root, bet against Patrick Mahomes until somebody not named Tom Brady or maybe Joe Burrow goes in and beats this guy. What he's done this year on the road is it's remarkable. A month ago when the Raiders beat them, on, on, or a month and a half ago on Christmas Day, the Chiefs were left for dead. I remember calling you on your show that night saying, don't write this team off yet. They've still got Patrick Mahomes. And the 49ers, let's be flat-out honest, they've not played well. They were spoon-fed two wins, gift-wrapped. The Jordan Love gift, I mean, pretty gift-wrapped the Packers two pick-sixes they couldn't pick off either one of them. Then last week, between Dan Campbell giving maybe the worst coaching job in the history of conference championship games and all the drop passes and dropped interceptions, the 49ers are so lucky to be in this game. <laughs> I, they're not going to beat the Chiefs that way. Are they capable of playing better? Yeah, I believe they will. But again, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Whether he has to win the game 17-14 or whether he goes out and beats them 35 Got to run, Chris. We're up against it. Chris got in there big. He's not going to root against... I think he hates both the teams. He really does. He calls my other shows. He despises both teams, but as he said perfectly, he has to live with the Niner fans. Doesn't have to live with Chief fans in the Bay. He has to live with the 49er fans. Solid hour, everybody. How about that? Way to go. Good calls, good guests with Scott Kaplan. Damon Bruce, next hour. If you want to get in, do it now. Love to talk to you. 800 636 8686. Also, I will take the winner of the 30th Smack Off to a great Vegas restaurant. Throw that in from the original, the original King of Smack.